0: I have a knot, and I'm pushing on my butt. You button. have a butt knot? I do.
1: It's a thing. You have like a knot in your butt muscle?
0: I tore, a uh, so that I went to the chiropractor because I did something to my back. A ligament between my hip and my pelvis, that ligament's torn.
1: So what you're saying is your hips don't lie.
0: Yeah, and so they hurt. Hey everybody, this is Tyson. Dan Logan. And you're listening to Dad Bods and Beards Podcast, the show that gives you a fresh, and real look into being a father, husband, and sexy as all can be.
1: For people who want to have a good time, laugh, and be uplifted, thank you for subscribing and listening. Now for the show. I've been giving you the worst Now
0: you want to stay Pity how you work hard for me uh i've been cruising the internet you know and thinking the things that matter to me and, and obviously having a strong marriage is is important to me and making sure that my wife knows i love her doing the things that she needs done to help her because she's one of the hardest working special women that i know and one of the things i was looking at is called spence spencecounselingcenter.com and the there's a blog about marriage mistakes and how to fix them and uh so I you know, as a husband, you know, I've made some mistakes, some really stupid, some I'm just like, what what would I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean's like why are you mad I, I don't know what I did and, but with that being said, I do have a few things that I thought I have made mistakes and, and so what can we do to fix those and alleviate them and maybe not even do them so what are some of the mistakes that you find yourself making or? Or oblivious to uh, when it concerns your marriage and your wife.
1: I mean, how, how heavy do we want to get? <laughs>
0: well, I don't want you to, like, you know, I don't want you to tell yeah. your secrets or <clears throat> anything like that. That's between you and your wife, but just whatever.
1: Well, because that's that's a, that's a big thing I'm working through right now is the ups and downs of marriages, right, that I've experienced. is unfortunately, my wife has had a, a rougher go than you probably would expect in a 10-year marriage because being married to somebody who is bipolar... It's rough. I mean, there's there's whole support groups for spouses and family members, so I've I've really put her through the ringer.
0: So I, I know you know I've been married <clears throat> twenty years, going on twenty one, and uh, I've, we've lost we lost we lost jobs, we've lost family members, we've lost um, kids doing things that are they're not supposed to be doing, um, where uh, was very detrimental to their being, their person. And uh, the one thing that I uh, am certain of is if you love each other and you're constantly working um, at becoming better together and individually, then everything is okay. But trust is a big deal, and uh, they have to be able to trust you, and you have to be able to trust them. Well, it's So how do you build that?
1: Well, building trust is one thing. But breaking it and then rebuilding it is an entirely—it's hard
0: because you can build it forever, and then all of a sudden one thing—it's well, gone. Because it's like I know how I feel
1: right now. I know my desire. I know my like. I know my like <clears throat> drive to want things to be different or change. Um, but words don't mean jack. No. Especially when she's hurt him a lot. Um, that's kind of why I'm pointing towards the seventy-five hard thing that we talked about. Is that I've got to change mindset because I've got a seven-year-old daughter well she's she'll be seven in two weeks and then my boy who just turned five in March and my wife I I say this I I don't say this lightly she's the type of person that if you have a problem with her you are 100% the problem she is such she doesn't have a bad bone in her body I know I'm biased right but everyone that knows her loves her she is the most empathetic understanding rational thinking emotionally mature person that I know and I think it takes a person like that to handle a person like me mm-hmm. but <clears throat> at the same time I think like my my backed up perspective that I've been getting the last few weeks is I've been drawing so much out of her for 10 years and I haven't given back near as much if if at all what she's given me you know what I mean she's pulled me out of she's she's pulled me out of suicidal like periods of my life and if she wasn't there I wouldn't be here mm-hmm. so i i i I wish I could express that to her to have her understand that and 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 see that but with broken trust over so it takes it takes probably twice as long to show it than it is to break it, if that makes sense, or to regain trust. So like I said this is going to be maybe like a heavier episode for me, but it's like. That's no, kind but, of uh, but
0: uh, it's a great segue because you were talking about you were taking so much from her, but you felt like you're not giving her anything in return. And I think that does, sometimes we do fall in that where occasionally I'm having a bad day and I need to lean on Candace. And hopefully when she's having a bad day, she can lean on me. And, and so maybe you feel this way, but I'm, I'm positive you haven't taken everything from her for 10 years straight. But it can feel that way. Yeah. And so this is kind of what we're talking about today. That's why I said it's a wonderful segue, not to take anything you say lightly. No. But one of the things is, like I said, this is marriage mistakes and how to fix them. And so there's 11 things that they talked about. One of them is splitting the housework evenly. So, I don't know about your wife, um, but Candace works at, with Copper Johns. She does that. Um, yeah. She she helps with the kids all the time. And so, one of the things that I uh, have strived to do, um, not the best, because uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not the best at this, but I do try to, to work on the house a little bit and, and take care of that, even though our house, we have six kids. Yeah. Five of them are living at home right now, and... Holy cow. We have a 19-year-old that's, you know, out of the house. But uh, it's, it's lived in. And so, like, yeah. one second, it's super, super clean. And then next second, you're like, what the crap just happened? And there's clothes everywhere. Like, did someone just decide to get naked? And you're looking you're like, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> like, he's just in his underwear and threw everything around. Um, but, but and that's something that stresses her out. And so I've really strived hard for me because, you know, there's love languages. Oh, yeah. Ugh, stupid love languages. Uh, Candace is all about service. All about service. And I, mean, I am nowhere near that. I'm all about touchy-filly lovey-dovey.
1: Okay. I'm I'm like 80% sure that ne- these are completely made of statistics. Uh-huh. <laughs> that like 90% of wives are, you know... Service. Service and men are touchy feely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that there's a lot of, you know, there's a gift giving and there's like quality time and words of uh-huh. affirmation and all that good. I mean, I read the book, right? Um, <laughs> most guys are probably touchy feel. But that's the thing is, I, 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 this is going to sound really bad, but I think anybody who has been, who, who understands it will, I mean, if you know, you know, certain mental health issues lead to a major lack of empathy. Uh-huh. And it's just a chemical imbalance. And then it's habitual. From there, you it's it's hard to get back out of this. There was such a there was such a long period of time in my life where I was so mentally messed up, I like didn't have the ability to to think about other people. It was like narcissistic without being full of myself because I was so trapped in how to get out of being depressed and suicidal and solve all these issues that like I was aloof to like my wife's love languages Mm -hmm. or like how some people would perceive me. And like I was ruining my own reputation because I was so off my rocker and I refused to get help. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I respect that. I wish, I wish going back, I could tell younger, you know, 23 year old Logan, when he got married, like, Hey, get help now because you know, you're going to cause some PTSD in your wife if you don't, get, you know, cause in two years this is going to happen and it's going to reveal a side of you that she didn't know existed.
0: Yeah. And what's, what's nice about you just even having that awakening that there was an issue, like you've taken care of it since, but uh, like for me, it's never too late. I just, just nine weeks ago, this therapy started that because yeah. it's something that I knew that I needed in my life. It took me a freaking long time, 43 years, but I'm there. And, but like I was saying, like the love language she, that's her. And I, I feel like I'm always working and doing things. So I don't put a lot of emphasis in serving her. And so I've tried to put more emphasis in making sure that like, she's on a trip. The house wasn't the cleanest when she left and no fault of her own. I'm just saying they were in a rush. And so I'm here with my two boys and guess what we're doing? We're mowing the lawn. We're cleaning the house to show her that I love her. And making sure that she's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not asking for a trophy from her, but it's just me showing her that I love her. But what's funny is we could be at a party, literally at a party, sitting side by side, her just like putting her hand on my knee, not talking the whole time to each other. And we're having our own conversations. I'm perfect. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yes. The but if is... she wasn't touching my knee, I'd be like, what's wrong? 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, it's just weird how the love languages work. I'm like...
1: But, like, there is little things that I look back at text messages or think back to conversations that, like, she's asking very simple things for me to do that I think if I did them, it would it would mean the world to her because it would be like, oh, he heard me. He's listening to me because, unfortunately, like, bipolar and ADHD is a hell of a cocktail. And it's hard, but that's an excuse at the same time. It's hard to, like, it's hard to listen, man. It's hard to pay attention when you have... Freaking thirteen different people living inside your head, and they all want to do something different, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I but I know that if I don't, I mean, I'll lose my family. Yeah, I am not trying to sugarcoat that. Like, you know, I you can only take so much as a as a you know a spouse. Even if you love the person to death and you have children with them or whatever, you still at the end of the day you have to take care of yourself. And unfortunately, that's how marriages end: is someone's someone may not be taking care of the other person the way they need to be. And it's, so it's terrifying the more I think about it. Yeah. That's a great segue. And I mean, not even just... I mean, like the housework. I work so damn much that I come home and there's this pile of dishes. My kids... I only got two kids, but my wife is so dang involved with them. She's She goes to their... She's a room mom for uh-huh. our first grader. She's taking... She, they both got soccer practice. They got tumbling. My daughter does tumbling just like yours, but, you know, she's much younger. And she's... But she's amazing at it, and so... I mean, hopefully she'll get up there. But, and she's constantly doing things, like, for the kids. And I get home, and if the house is dirty and I had a bad day, sometimes I'll be a little bit like, Ugh, how come she couldn't just do the dishes? When it's like, I could do the dishes, it'd take me 15 minutes, and I'm sure she'd wake up. And the few times that I've done that, and it clicked, like, hey, dummy, just do the dishes. There was a text message when she woke up the next morning, and I left for work early. Like, hey, thank you for doing the dishes. So I'm like, yeah. it's just... It's hard to, I don't know, it's hard sometimes, man. It is. And
0: I lost my train of thought because I was listening to you and I really <laughs> was involved. in. in, in and yeah. So what with what you were saying, though, is I remember when I first got married, Candace and I were going to college together. Um, I was on my second or third year. And uh, so we got married and we had been dating for a while, known her for, you know, multiple years. Never had a fight. It was always lovey-dovey, all that kind of stuff. We get married, been living together for about, uh, been married for about a month. And next thing I know, we had a fight. Hmm. It scared me. It scared me to the point where I'm like, oh, no, are we going to last? Because I don't know. You know, you don't fight. You know, you just didn't. And uh, that's the second one that he talks about. He goes, having unrealistic expectations of marriage. And he goes on, if couples can weather the storms, communicate, and accept the marriage is not always wine and roses, they are far more likely to stay together. So you, going into this marriage, you're thinking that, oh, no matter what, it's it's always going to be amazing, and, and, and it's not. Marriages work. We're not always going to be, um, you're always going to love your wife, but sometimes you're not going to like what's going on. And it has nothing to do with either uh, of you, it's just when you're living with someone, struggles arise. And so yours is a little bit different than what most people are going to go through, but, and your wife and you have both gone through a lot. It sounds like, um, but it's not to your nature. Everyone's, everyone's, um, experiences are different. And so not to take light of yours or anyone else's, but I know with me and Candace from losing jobs to, uh, all the things that we've experienced financially and, It's been rough. There was one time where I was so down in the dumps that I swear she was like, she couldn't live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that was like year seven (laughs) and we're, and, and you know, there's peaks and valleys and mostly just peaks, you know, we're always up there and having fun, but there's days where you're just like, Oh man, this sucks.
1: Did you guys ever have a, like a stint or whatever, where it was like roommates, like you were just existing together? As opposed to like... I, in my mind,
0: she would say no. Um, she would say no. She would say no. Because, she, like I said, she's... she's
1: I mean, Your wife's a sweetheart. Yeah. You know? And she little, makes a killer pulled pork sandwich. Right, she does. <laughs> um,
0: but me, sometimes, yes. But that goes on to the next one that I would... You know, that uh, is the physicality of the, the marriage, too. You know, um, because sometimes being loved it requires physical expression <laughs> and uh and when you have six children um you're running a business plus you're working a full-time job plus then you start another company that physical um part of the marriage is non-existent mm-hmm. and then you just go through the emotions and sometimes it does feel like you're just roommates not that you don't love her not that she doesn't love you it's just like you just don't give each other time and that sucks
1: yeah i think <clears throat> You want to like feel like marriage should just be an autopilot. It should be easy. It should just work, right? But we've all heard like the oh, relationships are hard work, right? I think it's cliche, but it's like I can I can sit here and count on two hands vivid memories I have of times where like I didn't put in the hard work, yeah, and it and it's something that has affected our marriage.
0: And so, well, it sounds like you, you did not marry a pushover, and Candace is not a pushover either. Yeah. And so, they're going to hold their own. They're like, they're not just going to be, yes, honey, yes, honey, whatever you want. No, they're going to express their opinions and they're going to stand by their opinions. And, yeah. and I think that's what you want, too, though. Well, this is what breaks well, my heart. I know that's what you want.
1: This is what breaks my heart when I say it out loud because I've heard it said to me a bunch of times by her is that she feels like she's been a pushover at times. Like she hasn't like stood up enough for herself at times that I made a change when I should have. Like i going to say, I know there's a lot of like ominous, like overtones here. Like I've never been abusive to my wife yeah. physically or emotionally or sexually or anything like that. But there was times where I was because of being bipolar, I was, I was not open and honest about finances and, I mean, financial abuse is a real thing inside marriages and emotional abuse. I was very angry for years, like horribly angry because I was fighting my own inner demons, Mm -hmm. literally like uh, just and that weighs on somebody. And so that breaks my heart is because I see her as one of the strongest people I know. I mean, I've seen her literally give birth naturally to our daughter and then have her fight through an emergency C section and then recover for our son that almost died in childbirth and then bounce back and be Super Mom. And I so it breaks my heart to hear her say things like that and then be the cause of it at times. And so I feel all this welling up and it's like I hate you that you picked this episode. <laughs> But it's like, I've been feeling, I mean, I, this is nothing new. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been texting on and off for weeks. And mm-hmm. I mean, I even back, you know, when we went to, I told you when we took a trip to California and it was, I was going to be, you know, spending time with the family, kind of phone off type situations because I've been feeling this burning in the back of my head for months and months and months that like, if not years that I, I really got to st- pay attention and change some things because...
0: Do you feel that uh, burnt up rage, so to speak? Do you still feel that a lot?
1: No, I think a lot of that was due to mental instability. Fair, hundred percent. Because and 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 like I said, it's habitual too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm starting to see my kids will get angry. That bothers me. So because they've seen me get angry.
0: I don't know. There's a religious leader, um, and we're going keep religion out of this podcast yeah. but there's a religious leader that um, i i just absolutely love and he taught that uh it was just a bunch of men there and uh it made me laugh because you would never think he would get angry but he's like in marriage you're going to get angry you're going to have disagreements and, he, and he's like when that happens i always go outside i take a breath so that i don't ever say anything that would hurt my wife because I know if I did, I would feel bad about it later. And he goes, and brethren, I have spent a lot of time outside. <laughs> and he's like the leader, and, and so I, I just know that there's occasions, um, where I get upset, and I'm like, have to. I've actually since this one blow up, I've caught myself. But uh, there are times where I, I literally have to go for a ride, and I'll go get her a drink because she loves. Uh, you know i'll go buy her a soda or something and just show her that i love her and and then i get back and we'll both be like whoa we don't know why that went that crazy but we're both good and
1: see i i like i said i I wish i could go back and count or tell you how many times that i wish i would have taken a breath Mm -hmm. and walked just walked out for a minute or whatever but i get hyper fixated on like the emotional... But so you know
0: that now so that you can help it later for the future. Dude, I, I
1: mean, I took anger management classes mm-hmm. and like there is... And anybody that... This was an interesting concept that was proposed to me and how it bleeds over into marriage is that it's not that like you're angry at that person or your wife or your spouse or you're, you hate them or whatever. It's like you can... Like there's emotions and like... You know, chemicals that come along with the you know with being angry, with being irate. Like it's yeah. unfortunately, some people kind of get a high from being angry. And there was a time in my life that
0: I think you see that in media. All that the time. was
1: such that was such an intense feeling when I was so numb and depressed that like it would be easy for me to get irate about stuff and mm-hmm. then just go and go and steamroll. Right. I like I said. I've never. I've never. Laid hands on anybody out of sheer anger, except for maybe in high school, and there was <laughs> a couple of times. But I, I've, I, I'm really trying to work on like patience and taking a breath. And like, we were just talking to your dad, and we've got to get him on another podcast. Oh, he'll be. We'll, we'll that was, him. I was, I mean, like that resonated with me really well. But just like getting down and like talking to my kids, I love my kids to death. Like I, like any good dad, I, I There is absolutely, and I don't say this lightly, and I'm sure this probably will annoy some people not even God can get in between my wife and kids. If you believe in God or any deity or whatever, like I will choose my wife and children over, over a religion, over a belief system, over extended family any day because of what they've been through with me. And because of just the unconditional love that is just ingrained in them. And so your dad talking about getting on, coming down and talking to your kids on their level Mm -hmm. or like, Trying to find the level of the person that you're trying to communicate to and talk to them on their level as opposed to try to like force someone to come to yours. I think that's something that I could probably use tonight when I go home.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the thing, the thing is, is we're all going to get upset and it's just happened. Your wife's going to get mad at you, you're going to get mad at her. It's how we deal with it. Just have you ever seen the, the meme or the, the comic strip where it's two old people? And they're sitting on a yeah. bench, and the guy is really upset. They're both upset with each other. It's raining, and he's still holding the umbrella over her yeah, head. Yeah, and he's holding her. umbrella have seen. And so it's just basically it's like, guys, we understand life happens, and you're not always going to get along. You're not always going to see eye to eye, which sometimes, I, I mean, it's okay. But, but putting off kind gestures and putting off things that will be a benefit to your spouse, I think, is something that is a no-no. And so, yeah, I have kids. It's a no-no. But it's something that, um, like I said, I'm mad at my wife. uh, And I'll walk out, and I will still go get her something, a treat or something. Because I know she'll love it. And I know that I love her, even though I'm upset at the moment. And usually, it's then you get it, you come back, and you're like, I I know why I was upset, but it's the dumbest thing ever. So, um (laughs) I I I I I tend to still be able to do that. I'm still able to say sorry. Um, I'm humble enough to know when I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing I will say. I'm not. I'm not trying to boost myself. Like I say sorry quickly if I if I realize it, and mm-hmm. recognize it. And unfortunately, I'm sorry can become very numbing. You know what I mean? Like if you hear it too much, it doesn't mean anything. So I think you're you you're a very good man from my perspective. Like, well, I sure wish, well, <clears throat> I am just, I'm sure I'll look back, you know, if I'm really committing to some of the things that I say I'm committing to mm-hmm. and you look, are look, look, look back and be grateful for the perspective I have now. But I'll tell you what, like it's, it's hard, man. It's hard to like be in a position where you see yourself needing to make changes so that you can keep your family together. Yeah. I, uh,
0: the reason why we're doing this episode or, and is just because you've been married 10. And you're definitely, there's people out there that you, uh, there's people out there that have, have bipolar. There's people who have mental um, and emotional needs that are not being met. Or What am I saying here? There are a lot of people with a lot of different disabilities. Yeah. And some of those disabilities make it a little bit harder to, to stay married and get along with. But if there's someone out there that can be, you know, just have one little thought that, hey, I need a change or I need to go to therapy or I need to do marriage counseling or something like that, then this was a benefit to them. And so, but one thing that I noticed is uh, the parental differences. So I never had any issues when it came to parental differences uh, when my kids were young. Yeah. Then there's
1: teenagers. <laughs> um, I I have no no advice for you there. I'm no, not there <laughs> no, that's what I mean though. Is is I don't know if you
0: had. Hey, we're going to do this with our children, or we're not going to do this to our children, or we're going to spank, or we're not going to spank. It's like you know, every parent is a little bit different. We didn't spank, we didn't do any of that kind of stuff. But now that when they're teenagers, um, they're a different. Person, <laughs> well, they're, they, they're, they are
1: a person. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, work. they
0: they they're learning how to think because by age thirteen, they can start logically thinking on average. Yeah. Which means that they haven't been able to think until then. Then you add all these extra hormones, so all of a sudden you have someone who thinks they know everything, and they're and they're highly emotional because they've never dealt with the, these hormones before. So they know everything, and they're crazy. And so, <laughs> crazy is another word. <laughs> <start>. <laughs> yeah but 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 that's the thing and so all of a sudden my kids are doing one thing that i totally disagree with i'm like no you're not allowed to do this and my wife's like well if that's the worst thing that they do then it's okay i'm like what Uh, you know uh, then all of a sudden now we're having different parental differences and and how we're going to handle it and that's where Candace and i started having a hard time is how do we treat this person in our family that doesn't treat everyone with respect that actually fights and I, you know, fights and I don't want to give this out or anything, but hurts people in our family. And so how do you parent that when you have an idea and your spouse has an idea and that's where that's now her and I are now on the same side, but it's taken multiple years to figure this out. And it's been tough. It was, it was really, really tough.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I feel like I am more on my, I've, my wife and I have molded onto the same side now than we were a couple years ago. Cause I mean, we still have, we have, we have babies still. Yeah. I mean, my son's five. He seems so old to me, but that's, he's a baby, uh-huh. right? Like he said, he's just he's a little guy. And then my daughter, she's grown up. She just lost her two front teeth. Like she's got a big old gaping hole right now. Cute, I mean, she's she's literally it's so cute. I it's just it's the, I had to change it to my wallpaper on my phone. But I mean, and that's like oh my gosh, it's the tooth fairy and all these fun milestones that we're going through. But I'm realizing more and more how much they're absorbing.
0: Oh, so much. I mean,
1: we talked about this a little bit on like the parenting pod, like the, or like the father the father podcast that we did. Um, but <clears throat> I my my wife is like i said she's very she's so attentive to the kids and like so more like emotionally aware of them and what they need and whatever and versus i kind of just was like copy paste this is how i was raised not that i'm slamming my parents or whatever my parents had seven kids my dad traveled for work three weeks out of the month for the majority of our childhood like so it was you know did you eat today yeah okay (laughs) like like that's kind of how you know my mom was just busy uh-huh. all the time. I mean groceries were insane even back in the 90s. Like well, the money she had they had When gas was $1.28. Yeah, I know. I mean it was like my parents were spending $300 on a grocery trip in the freaking 90s because there was, you know, seven of us. Yeah. Um but I <clears throat> I think that the kids that are being raised nowadays are different than how we were in the 80s and the 90s and stuff. Well, like, social media is destroyed. Now. Well, that's what I'm saying is that, like, I think our kids have the potential of being that much greater than we are. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have any kind of me be any kind of hindrance on them because, oh, well, we spank. Or, oh, not that I'm – you can raise your kids however you want to raise your kids. Right? Like, I was a, I was a spanking dad in the beginning. And – I don't really, I never saw any benefit from it, but I would say like, well, that's how I was raised. But uh-huh. i like I never saw any other than my kids crying and looking at me with these horribly sad eyes that my dad just hit me. Yeah. Versus now I'll go in and be like, my daughter's name's Olivia. We call her Livy. Like Livy. She has this, she has this stuffed panda that she has had since she's eight months old or thereabouts the same one we Uh found it on amazon she's on like number six (laughs) but but she gets that is her that is her like comfort it is it is her thing right Mm -hmm. she's she is known as like the little you know and her panda like if she does something that is like on like the the big no-no list okay you lost your panda you don't get to sleep with it i mean you go in the two o'clock in the morning that girl is death grip hugging that panda in her sleep So losing her panda is like a massive hit, like a big blow to her and she's so sad. And so finding like how to communicate with my kids is something that I learned from my wife because I learned like the no, I was raised in a very structured, you know, Christian, very staunch religious household. In a very specific kind of way, not that I'm saying it was bad, but there's things looking back as a parent now that I would do differently. And I'm trying to, because I'm like, man, I wish I'd had that in this scenario. So I'm trying to do that with my kids because I've seen my wife do the same thing because at the end of the day, no matter what my kids turn into be or who they, what they want to do, who they love, what they, what they want to be when they grow up or whatever, I don't ever want there to be any weird wall that my kids can't come talk to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like I said, kind of going back to what I just said, there will be nothing that can ever come between my kids and my wife and, and how I feel about them. And so I think that's something I have learned from my wife. Yeah. Because I was like, nope, this is, how, this is how we're raising kids or whatever. But it's like, you know, forget She has this, just this instinct of like, that you just don't have as a dad that mothers have. Like, true. like, like we'll be laying there in bed and all of a sudden she's like, can you go check on her? Or like, like she'll just have And and there's been times where like, you know, she was like hanging off the edge of her bed. She's on on a loft bed, and she's like, you know, a couple more inches, she'd have you know head planted. But or there's been nothing wrong. But like, my point being is that there's so much that I have learned from my wife on how I communicate with my kids that no doubt has improved my relationship with them. Yeah. And had I been left to just doing it my way, I'd be eventually I'd be the oh, dad, you're the funniest. To like, yeah, my dad's kind of mean. Mhm. You know what I mean? So
0: So this is what they say about the about co-parenting, you know, parenting, um discuss your goals for raising your children and how each of you would come to those goals. Now, I recommend going through through some stuff like this. Um you're going to need to go through every scenario. Um whether it be a child who um, is being bullied at school, uh, you know, or to a child who is pregnant to a child who tried to commit suicide to a child who is going through mental disabilities or a child who's extremely popular and is, is extremely cocky. Like all these things, like how am I going to parent each one of those because they all have to be parented different. And I didn't, Candace and I talked, but we never talked about those particular issues or what are you, what happens if you have someone who is extremely depressed and how do you parent that person? Because that is nine day different to someone who's like, dude, you're being an idiot. What are you doing? And because he's so cocky. Um, you know what I mean? It's just like, what? Just want sometimes you just want to shake their heads, like, what are you thinking? So I to me it's just like you do have to discuss these and come with a game plan because each individual child is a different person. You can't parent them the same.
1: Well and, and we talked about this. <clears throat> oh, we're, You know, we've talked about this before, but, like, kids just can't. They're not raised. I mean, you can't raise kids the same way that we were in the 80s and 90s. I mean, you can try. But, like, there's so much more, like, attacking your kids. Dude, get this, though.
0: So my kids, so my 9-year-old, he's on the Internet. He's looking up. I gave him permission. He's like, Dad, can I look? And so he's looking at Minecraft videos on how to create Minecraft stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he clicks on the second site. So you know, on the Google page, you have the first and second. He's clicked on the second one. It's a it's a it's a pornography site. Someone paid for that site that went underneath to have that the pornography. And he he's like oh, and then all of a sudden now he's you know not that he struggles from it, but it's like that's always going to be on his mind at nine years old. And so it's just like there's some and he, parental guidance is on that and all that kind of stuff. Parental controls. But they were able to get through it because it was a Minecraft.
1: That's what I was saying. We and so back, it's just
0: like, we never had experienced that, ever.
1: We, when we go back to what I was talking about last week, when we were recording that one about being dads and fathers and stuff, of like, I'm a helicopter dad because of crap like that. Because there are people in this world, and I don't say this lightly, that are so effed up that their intention is to, like, hurt eff up other people. Mm-hmm.
0: Get you addicted to spend money.
1: Like, there's, there's like, I have a threshold of, like, that I'm learning empathy the more I, as I grow. Right. And I feel like, you know, Logan five years ago would look at me and probably say I'm a softie, but I think it's maturity. Right. Oh, great. But I think that there is still a certain level in me of kind of like that. I don't, I can't associate myself with certain people. Like I'm not going to name any names. You probably will never listen to this. There's a guy I used to work with. He's on a list and not just like, Oh, I ended up on a list because of this really crappy situation. Like, Nope, he did it. I I can't I can't associate as a father I can't I can't get myself to be like I'm sure he's a really good guy Yeah I'm sure it was a mistake I'm like no Yeah it was a mistake Yeah but it was a really bad one and I don't want to associate myself with you and so that terrifies me that there are people like that in that world that in this world that live 15 minutes away if not even closer like there's full blown like I'm not trying to be no there's like, icky people in the world <laughs> icky people <laughs> There's icky people. I who are like, call yeah. them icky, and that's it's what just I'm saying. They're like, icky. I, they're just I don't know. Gross. I need, but it's. I feel this overwhelming. I don't know. We call it toxic masculinity. I don't give a crap. But like to just protect the shit out of my wife and kids, mm-hmm. like physically and emotionally and mentally. And like I, I will. If my wife wants to do something, she can do it. Absolutely. I don't like. She'll she'll say like, hey. I think it's just like financial communication are you okay if I do this? Hey, I'm going to do this. Or like, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, I have no problem with my wife wanting to check in with me, but it's like, i have in the nicest way possible. Do not have an opinion because if she thinks that it's a good idea, I'm all for it. Well,
0: just, that's how a relationship, that's how it's a partnership. Like Candace right now is with all three of my daughters and they're in Phoenix celebrating. Ellie just took what first in yeah, her tumbling.
1: That's freaking awesome.
0: I'm so happy for her. She's a regional champion. She was a state champ. Now she's regional. Now on to nationals.
1: But your wife is in another state, and that gives me no, anxiety but, for you. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying <laughs> though is like
0: what I'm saying though is that it gives she she doesn't need to ask for permission, and she didn't ask for permission. She's yeah. like, hey, do you mind if I spend this? And I'm like, absolutely. Let's. Go have fun, yeah. enjoy the time with your daughters, and I'll and I'll go hang out with my kids. Now, do I give her a hard time? Because how much it costs? I'm like, yeah. Because she, she's like, oh, so you're taking the kids to a Buffalo Wild Wings after this, huh? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah. well, talking about spending money. I'm like, how much are you
1: spending? <laughs> well, that's funny. Well, it's like I was just saying, like your wife is in another state, that gives me anxiety for you, right? Yeah, it's not like a that probably came off really controlling amount, and like like you know, oh, not at all. Whatever. But my thing is like it's kind of what I was saying where if my kids are too far away and I can't see them or whatever, it's more of kind of like, I that's my own insecurity of like, I can't physically protect you because you're too far away. Not that I think that my wife's in would be, you know, or your wife would be incapable of protecting themselves or whatever, but it's like, I would never forgive myself if something happened to my wife or my kids that I could have prevented had I been there. So it's very, maybe narcissistic, but also very like, uh, just an insecurity of kind of like I feel this need to like protect my wife and kids from just how freaking bad the world can be. Because, I mean, I've been in situations where I felt sketched out. And I'm like a big dude that, I don't know, I wouldn't mess with me if I didn't know who I was and that I was actually just a big, you know, mm-hmm. dumb teddy bear.
0: But but, but uh, not, not to discredit you or anything like that. But, you're like,
1: you're actually a wimp.
0: <laughs> no, you are a wuss. No, um, is that healthy for you to think that? Because I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. I am not a specialist, but I'm not worried about the. The only thing I'm worried about is her driving to Phoenix and then driving back home, and her getting tired. Yeah, she drove. She wanted to drive, Um, and so I worry about that. I'm not worried about what anything else because I. You know, it's I I trust her, and I I know she's smart, and I know you trust yours. But no, it's just like I've never had that nervousness. I I do I do worry about her driving because I'm like, if she gets tired, because you know, like, are you gonna be okay? Because she didn't get to Phoenix until 4 a.m. She drove all 11 straight hours.
1: Well, I've I've been in a similar situation before. Like, I don't want to give the impression that like my wife has never been away from me. Like, that's, that's uh-huh. weird. no, no. no. I, I know what you're saying though. No, but it's like I've I've been forced to work through that. Like, for instance, I we go to we try to go to Disneyland every year, try to. Uh huh. Just we love Disney. We went there on our freaking honeymoon. We love Disneyland, and we were set to go to Disneyland one year, and this was right pre-COVID, the year right before COVID. And I got a new job. I was working for UPS, driving a truck. And there was a mix-up with the hiring. I was supposed to be able to go and then start training the week after. But they scheduled me to train that week. And I thought UPS was going to be my career, amazing benefits. So Disneyland was already bought and paid for. So I flew my wife and kids. And at the time, like my boy was like two and my daughter was, you know, four. Mm-hmm. And I flew them down there to Anaheim, met up with her dad and grandma and, you know, some aunts and cousins and stuff. And and, um, I had to leave them there because I had to be at training the next morning. That was like the farthest we'd ever been apart. She was scared because she relies on me on, for a lot of stuff because I'm, you know, I'm I'm normally the guy that's a little bit more like you know, I'm sure of my direction. Whether or not it's the right direction, I'm pretty sure of it. But um, whenever we go to Disneyland, I'm the one that's like... They stay in the hotel room and I'm like, I'm the one that runs the Walmart at 9.30 at night. Because like yeah. <laughs> go to Walmart at 9.30, 10 o'clock in, in, in LA mm-hmm. and, and tell me you're not a little bit sketched out no matter how big or tough you are. But that's what I'm saying is that I just... I trust my wife 100%. She can take care of herself. She makes, a better, people around she makes a better decision than I do 99% of the time because she thinks things out. I react and then think sometimes. But it's like the, it's the other people that I'm afraid of. It's the other people. It's the other situations that I would be able to ultimately like physically step in front of if something were to happen. But like, if I'm not around that, that scares me. So I'm not controlling at all. It just scares me of like the what if. If something could happen one day and I'm just going to beat myself up. Even if I like had no reason being in that situation, I'm going to beat myself up because I wasn't there. Yeah.
0: So I got to work through that. No, that's the whole point of this conversation is, is there's not that we're bad men or bad fathers or bad uh, husbands. It's just. These are things that you and I are going through that maybe people can resonate and get better and listen and understand that it's not just them going through these situations.
1: Do you know, like, the last thing I'll that we can move on to the next one. But like, no, but seriously. I... <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> one, this is, this is probably in the grand scheme of things not that big of a deal because the kids are fine. But one thing that burned in my brain that I have a hard time forgiving myself for was we took the kids to a kind of like a, a family friend has a like a hunting resort in Idaho, and we went there for Thanksgiving with Grandpa and Grandma and some and some family, and we were sledding, and I pushed the I was pushing the kids down the hill, dragging them back up, pushing them down the hill, dragging them back up the hill, and you know everybody's at the bottom, and my kids are on this little toboggan thing, you know, big sister in the back or whatever, and I push them, and they catch a hard line to the right, and they go straight into a horse fence. Oh, which is just basically That's two required. by sixes two like a two by six on the top and then one halfway through and then posts right lined them both hard like and then it was like my son was in the front and then he hit his sister with his head and then she hit the board and i mean it was like you know crying without making a sound and it was like you can hear the hits i was too far to like by the time i realized they were going for the fence and i started trying to move towards it it was they were going way too fast way too far and like my son to this day, like, yeah, dad, remember when you pushed us into the fence? <laughs> so, but it's like, it, it's like my babies got hurt and I couldn't stop it. Like, it's like, had I just pushed them this way, they wouldn't have gotten hurt. I mean, it ruined the whole, you know, Experience. next couple hours uh-huh. and they were all bloody and it was bad. Like, they got, I mean, I was really yeah. cautious. And, and I
0: know this, that, that's specific, but there's got to be a time in your life that i've learned having teenagers and, and, and an adult teenager that their decisions are their decisions. Yeah. Now we're talking about little right now with yours. But but as they grow up, you have to let them just be and let them make their own decisions and that to me is really fun to watch but also nerve-wracking because you can't control them, you don't want to control them, but you want to teach them what as as their little kids on what is right what is wrong what is productive what is not being productive so that when they grow they, they can be good people yeah. and sometimes when you see them make those decisions that you're like oh that's why I stroke
1: and don't get me wrong they wipe out on the scooter that's their problem <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like get up you're okay i mean nothing's broken you're not bleeding you're not in concussion you're uh-huh. okay it's a part of being a kid wear a helmet next time
0: understanding uh, the next one the next one is underestimating the power of small changes he goes on to say, sometimes couples look to big solutions first, which may cause resentment between spouses. When one spouse asks the other to quit their job because the demands of housework and childcare are too overwhelming for both partners working, consider the smaller changes that might help first. What if you cooked more meals on the weekend or hired occasional cleaning service neither of you had to spend your free time scrubbing the sink? Instead of the grand solutions, look for the incremental changes that can improve situations first. I like that because you personally, Logan, yeah, are going through um, inner turmoil because of the things that you happened in your past. But if you were to look at all the small changes you have made in your life today, you've gone—you're a totally different person. And it doesn't change what happened in the past, but it does mean that you're working on it. It wasn't one big grand solution, and I'm working every day on becoming a better person. We all are. But, but I think it's the small little things because the 75 hard that we're going to be doing, it's small things that build to a big thing. And so each little small thing that we're doing during the 75 days and you continue, like even this conversation is it's, it's therapeutic just because we're getting things out in the open that we're like, oh, I didn't see that. So it's just the small things I feel like you and me and, and everyone listening – Uh, If we continue just to better ourselves just a little bit every day, um, it turns out just like, you know, we didn't get fat overnight and we're not going to get skinny overnight. We didn't create, we didn't have, it's going to take time and we, and we didn't create a horrible marriage and it's not a horrible marriage. Um, But at the same time, if you have anger issues, it's going to take, it's going to take moments in your life that you're going to have to just, hey, I'm not getting angry right now. And have to physically do it, and then eventually, it's just what you do.
1: Well, and words feel good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to be like boastful here. Like I don't, I've never, I don't have a problem in public speaking. I don't have a problem talking to people. I can strike up a conversation with anybody, and I feel like I can get emotionally on someone's level if I want to, quickly. But if I don't want to do it. And I am not emotionally there. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. But I can be empathetic when my wife and I are in a of a like not arguing, but kind of like this is you know this isn't you know a situation we need to resolve. You know, talking about our marriage, you know her needs or whatever. I can see her point of view if I'm calm, and then I'll have every desire in the world to want to change or do something better or like you know meet her on her level with her love language. She's flat out, basically telling me she needs. And I'll, I'll want to go straight to that, like, oh, I'm going to do this and this, these big grand things. Mm-hmm. When it's funny you say that because it just kind of had a realization you were saying that of like the five different things that I can do that are very small. Washing the dishes like you did. Well, I mean, even just like, for instance, I'm talking about my situation of like, I, I have abused money and wasted money on solving my emotional needs by eating. Mm -hmm. and and wasting too much i mean spending 15 dollars at freaking mcdonald's a couple of times a week and there's been days where i had mcdonald's every single meal of the day for a few days straight because it felt good at the time Mm -hmm. bringing my wife or texting my wife hey i spent this much at walmart getting this and this and this and bringing her a receipt and promising her and telling her i didn't i didn't waste any money on this today probably mean a lot to her because it's like okay he's didn't he did what he said he did and here's the proof of it so <clears throat> saying that it might seem ridiculous to someone who doesn't understand the situation but like my wife and i have agreed that we're gonna with trying to figure out our budget we're gonna text each other anytime we spend any money okay. just so the other person knows not like not a controlling thing but just so you know we're trying so we can keep track we got this little shared. you know, shared document of like, we're trying to keep track of some stuff and her not seeing any surprises on the credit cards or the bank accounts of like that. She has to ask me about me telling her about it beforehand and then bringing her a receipt to show that there's not like hidden cash back so I can get McDonald's on the way home or whatever. I'm realizing means more to her than it probably does to some other people because it shows that like, okay, He he's getting it that that has caused some emotional you know distress for me over the years when we've got to pay for this for the kids, but you spent that at Wendy's, you know, over the course of three months it was a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So I understand that completely. So that's funny you say that because I can resonate with that that I need to focus more on just like just doing little little easy things that show that I. Paid attention, and I heard. Than trying to be like, I'm going to change all of this right now because that's not realistic. You can't, and it's it's exhausting. And they're like, No, you're not. Like I can't. That you didn't hear me at all, and they just walk away.
0: No, you can't. You 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 can make that grand gesture a one day, two days, but it's not going to last. Yeah. But what will last is you walking into her, giving her a hug, and telling your lover. Um, Little things and little things will add up to be big, big, grand gestures after. The last one that I want to talk about was a great transition to what you were talking about is the lack of communication or active communication. So basically, um, this is where I struggle the most in my personal opinion. And I know we're not trying to, you know, lay all our baggage out to the listeners and all that kind of stuff. But I have a hard time focusing on two things at the same time. Um, it's just me. I can only focus on, so if I'm working on the computer doing orders or replaying an email or anything like that, and Candice is over there talking to me, um, about something, I can't do both. And so I'm not actively listening to her because I'm more focused on this. And so I actually physically have to stop what I'm doing, turn around and listen to her because she matters and what she's saying matters. And uh, sometimes it drives me freaking crazy because she'll be done with something and then I'll turn around and she's like, oh, and, and then I'll have to turn around and she'll keep doing that. I'm like, you're killing me. And she knows
1: it. After a while, she's like, I'm just joking. <laughs> my, I, so my wife will be, call me just to whatever, regular conversation, tell me what she's going to do or what she's getting or whatever. And then we're like, okay, whatever. I love you. Okay, you see you later. Bye. Hang up. And then... If she forgot something, she just calls me right back. Uh-huh. Which is fine. But it's like most of the time it's like I, I stopped what I was doing because I'm really busy either loading a machine at work or trying to solve an issue for a guy, or my phone blows up all day long for other it issues does. at I've work. Seen it. All day long. And um and she'll call me back and I'm like, Hey wh- 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 what? what? she's like, Oh, well I did da- da- it. Da- I'm like, Oh, okay. And then there's been a time, calls me right back. I'm like, hey, you've gotta just finish what you need to get. <laughs> <laughs> I am so busy. I'm like, I'm like literally just yesterday. I'm like, I'm in the middle of the street <laughs> loading a, you know, an excavator on a semi. Like, I love you, but I need you to look. Like, oh, well, we've got family pictures on this day. What do you want to do at this day or this day? I'm like, can I call you back? <laughs> uh-huh. So that's the thing. My thing is I love her to death, but it's like, th- that's one thing. Communication is like, I, you were just saying like, you'll turn around and then she like, she'll yeah. talk to you. You'll turn around again. Like, I am trying to listen like I'm trying to actively but it's like I need to like in that moment be like can I call you back in 15 minutes and then give her like my undivided attention as opposed to. and they understand like, that yeah
0: as long as it's uh, yeah
1: because then she'll be like oh I didn't I didn't know Like, why didn't Candace you tell says,
0: me Candace does that to me sometimes what she needs to like she's busy doing something and she needs to tell me you know because I'll call because like I said she's your best friend and I want to talk to her.
1: Dude, what's funny um, is I'm guilty of. My wife is kind of like you, where she is she is more focused on what she is doing in that moment, oh, I'm so which I'm jealous of, by the way. And I will start talking to her, and then uh, and then it'll be like, you know what I mean? She's like, "Dude, what?" <laughs> She's like, "No, I'm trying to text this person right now." And I'm like, "Oh," and then I'm and then I'm almost like, "Well, fine, whatever." Like, and I'll get emotional and like walk away. But. Uh,
0: but basically, this says is you have the power to build a healthy marriage by offering your spouse encouragement rather than criticism. This form of positive communication involves some basic habits: being intentionally gentle, listening intently, and validating your spouse. So through these habits, we can bring about change and growth in our marriage. And so with all these with all these things, when it comes to you know financial uh, communication, uh, splitting up the housework unrealistic expectations of marriage, making sure that you know that marriage is hard and it takes work and it's not always going to be, you know, roses. Um, the sexual issues don't matter. They do matter. Um, anger problems, um, staying up to resolve an argument, even if it takes all night, which we didn't cover, but that's important to resolve issues and and not letting them linger and, and, and fester. Um, Putting up, putting off kind gestures, parenting differences, financial disagreements, understanding the power of small changes, and the lack of communication—all those things—it um, seems like a lot. But marriage is tough. Marriage is hard, but it's so worth it. And uh, in the end, I just you know, I'm grateful to have my wife, and I love her to death. And I wouldn't change anything other than just continue to get better for her yeah. and for me. I want to get better for me, but you know, because I'm getting better for me, it's going to be better for us.
1: You think about you think about the commitment you make when you get married. I mean, you're you know you got you're like me. You got married young, right? I got married at 23. Sounds like you did too.
0: I got married at 23.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> my wife was 22. We were we were we were babies, dude. We were kids. We were. Did not we did not we were not prepared in some aspects, but I mean, you think about everything that you commit, and I think that it's important to reevaluate that and constantly recommit. So I think I'm in one of those stages right now of like cognitively trying to recommit mm-hmm. to show my wife that her and my kids are all that matter to me. The only reason why you get up and you go do everything you got to do. So, so uh, everyone,
0: uh, so I appreciate you guys listening uh, and taking the time to listen to this episode. Again, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask and uh, reach out to info at copperjohnsbeard um, or uh, simply just, uh, Leave a comment on this episode, and uh, we'll get to that to answer that as quick as possible. Um, please leave a good review and share with your friends. Take care, guys. See you later.
1: Okay, I love you
0: guys. Bye. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a good review. And uh, please uh, hit us up at info at if you have any questions or anything that you would like us to discuss on this podcast. Have a great day, guys.